Friday has arrived, and just in time for April 23rd, 2021, and a new edition of Charlottesville Community Engagement. I'm your host, Sean Tubbs, for an end of the regular workweek installment that catches up on a little of what's been happening and cleans out the stables to get ready for another run of fresh episodes in the days to come. On today's show, Governor Ralph Northam announces the easing of some COVID restrictions. The Albemarle Architectural Review Board takes a look at the I-64 corridor west of Charlottesville, and Greene County takes a look at a small section of their comprehensive plan. In today's Patreon-fueled shout-out, your local energy nonprofit, LEAP, offers free home weatherization to income and age-qualifying residents. If you're age 60 or older, or have an annual household income of less than $75,100, you may qualify for a free energy assessment and home energy improvements, such as insulation and air sealing. Sign up today to lower your energy bills, increase comfort, and reduce energy waste at home. Vaccinations are up in Virginia, and new COVID cases are down. Yesterday, Governor Ralph Northam announced in a YouTube video the easing of some restrictions. Starting May the 15th, social gatherings can have a few more people. More people can go to theaters and entertainment venues and more people at sporting events. But we all need to keep spreading out. Last night, the owners of many Virginia restaurants posted pictures showing they immediately jumped on the ability to return customers to one kind of area that has been banned. And starting now, restaurants can go back to seating patrons in their bar areas. But we all need to spread out there, too. But back to the amendments that go into effect on May 15th. Private bookings at restaurants and event venues can increase to 100 people indoors and 250 people outdoors. Gyms and fitness centers can open to 75% of capacity, though people must stay 10 feet apart. Pools will be able to increase to three-quarter capacity. Capacity at entertainment venues will be at 50%. Northam said if the numbers continue along these trends, more restrictions will be eased in June. We're aiming to significantly ramp up vaccinations even further and aim to reduce mitigation measures in June, hopefully all the way. Northam said vaccinations may be available to children over the age of 12 as early as this summer. Until then, Northam said everyone needs to keep wearing masks and keeping distance. No word yet on whether karaoke will ever happen again. Green County is slowly reviewing their comprehensive plan, which was last updated in 2016. This past week, the Planning Commission discussed the Natural Resources Chapter, as well as the Agriculture and Forestry Chapter. During a conversation about riparian buffers, Deputy Planning Director Stephanie Golan suggested one area for the commissioners to think about. You know, just in the world we're in today, a climate action plan might be something that we'd want to include in one of the, as one of the goals. The agriculture from 2016 acknowledges that farming in Green faces challenges as the community grows. Green County is facing the prospect of gradually losing farmland and forests. Each year, a portion of land in the county is converted from growing food or harvesting timber to other uses, such as residential or commercial development. At the same time, some individual farmers are finding it more difficult to sustain a viable business 
or recruit the next generation to carry on their role of providing food. The full discussion of the Planning Commission was quite interesting, but just a couple of sound bites here. Commissioner Jay Willer suggested that Green should measure the level of farming in the county through acreage and not necessarily the number of farms. We've talked later in this document um, about encouraging small farming, niche farming, etc. We could hang on to the same number of farms, actually increase the number of farms, but lose acreage or lose production um, if our only marker is the number of farms. Willer said the document should also be more specific about the kind of agriculture practiced in Greene County. You know, the other part of it is a question of what's a farm even. We don't have a lot of acreage in Greene County dedicated to row crops, corn and wheat and beans, just because we don't have the soil and the terrain to do that. most of our agricultural land is cattle uh, or forestry. To learn more about the Greene County Comprehensive Plan process, there's a five-minute video on YouTube that's worth a look. You're listening to Charlottesville Community Engagement. This patron-supported public service announcement is from an anonymous supporter. Do you want to support your public library by picking up a mystery bag of books? The Friends of the Jefferson Madison Regional Library are resuming their pop-up book sale this Sunday at the Gordon Avenue Library. For $5, you can pick up a sealed, pre-selected bag, choosing from mystery, popular fiction, literary fiction, classic literature, biographies, sci-fi, or fantasy. The JMRL pop-up sale begins this Sunday from 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. at the Gordon Avenue Library. You can learn more on the JMRL website. Part of the reason I try to record as many meetings as I can is because I want to know more about what's happening with the land in the community where we live. The agendas of the Albemarle Architectural Review Board include proposals for all kinds of developments whose detailed site plans might not otherwise go before the Planning Commission or the Board of Supervisors. On April 5, 2021, the group took a look at the I-64 corridor heading west from the 5th Street Interchange to the county line with Nelson. ARB member Frank Stoner led the presentation. It's about a 20-mile stretch. Um, most of which is rural. Most of the commercial development, uh, really most of all the development along the corridor is pretty effectively screened. And uh, I know that's generally been a priority uh, for us in evaluating uh, anything along that corridor. One prominent landmark is the Albemarle Charlottesville Regional Jail. Probably one of the more dominant architectural uh, features of the corridor. In the past few years, new residential complexes have been constructed and are highly visible from I-64. Buildings in the urban area are generally oriented away from the corridor. Um, There are a couple in the case of these uh, two multifamily projects that got built on the south side. Uh, They do in fact uh, sort of front, not directly, but they do front the corridor in that they're kind of forward facing or have a Uh, significant architectural presence on the corridor. A principle of development all across America has been the location of easily visible commercial destinations from highways and highway interchanges. That's not the case for so much of I-64 in Virginia, 
including exit 118 at US 29. When you're at this interchange, you actually can't see any of the surrounding development. And that pattern uh, persists as you head west. If you're driving west, you can briefly see the reservoir to the north, but don't blink or you will miss it. There's very little development along the route, and even the Yancey Mills lumberyard can't be seen from I-64. When you get to the top of Afton Mountain, though, that changes. Uh, and then when you get to the Afton Interchange, which is a little beyond the uh, scope of what we're technically responsible for, but uh, it's close enough, I figured I'd include it. Um, you have some commercial development on 250, kind of at the interchange uh, with Blue Ridge Parkway. Um, you've got the abandoned uh, motel up there and a, a couple other uh, smaller commercial buildings that are generally not in good condition. In a future update, we'll hear more information about the US-29, US-250 area covered by the ARB. And that's it for today's installment of Charlottesville Community Engagement. Thank you so much for listening. As I said, this is one that I'm just catching up some old stories I'd half written in an effort to uh, get ready for next week. I actually took some time off for a couple of different projects this week. And uh, so I wasn't able to stay on top of things like I try to stay on top of things. But uh, I am present. And of course, what is up? What is down? What is all around? Uh, I do know that one thing that's kind of topsy-turvy is that there is a sponsor, Ting is matching all of the Substack donations and contributions that I get. So for $5 a month, $50 a year, or $200 a year, they will match that. And you can learn all about that in the subscribe button uh, should you do that. Uh, or should you choose to want some more information about why they're doing that. In the meantime, I am Sean Tubbs. I want to try to get this one out quickly. And thank you for listening. Stay safe out there. And, uh, you know, what karaoke song should I do whenever it comes back. Send me a message. Let's see if this one actually can get us going here with a karaoke community engagement. That's next.